0: See, testing, one, two. Can y'all hear us okay? Is that loud enough? Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. There it is, is that better? You guys gonna buy my album? <laughs> no? <laughs> no, we're not doing it. <laughs> if it's about rompers, you'll buy it. Copy, all right. Uh, <laughs> on that note, <laughs> you ready, Evan? You're rolling? No Copy that. All right, on that note, about rompers. Welcome back to the Austin Action Fest 2023 event. Let's give a round of applause for Nikki Ackerman here. So Nikki is an amazing individual. She's done a ton of work uh, being a sponsor for our event. Super skilled, super talented in an area where I have absolutely no, no talent, which is looking over scripts and making sure that they make any kind of sense. She's very skilled. I'm not going to get into it that much. I'm not going to say that much. You're going to have time for questions at the end. She's got a a bunch of things she wants to tell us about how to not be terrible at writing scripts and screenplays and how to uh, put out things that are quality. So with that, take it away.
1: Thank you. Um, Let me give you a little bit of my background first so you know that I actually know what I'm talking about. I have a bachelor's in English with a film minor, and I have a master's in creative writing for the entertainment industry. Um, That was through Full Sail University. That program no longer exists because they discovered everything we were doing in the master's program, they were doing in the bachelor's program. (laughs) So, yay! Um, I do know one of my classmates who went on to live her dream. She was a staff writer then story editor on The Flash. So she got to, huge comic book fan. So she got to do that and she went through the same full sale program that I did. So um, one of the things that Benjamin asked me to talk about was screenwriting in general. At first it was gonna be coverage, but we realized having a conversation today that it needs to be screenwriting in general. Um, and how to uh, get a tight script Um, and you really you can have an idea and you can write a script doesn't mean it's good Um, we like to call it the first draft is like word vomit so you put everything that you're thinking about this idea on the page that's great that's perfect Um, I recommend setting that aside moving on to another project coming back to it because let's face it We all suck when we try to edit our own work. I know because I edit mine all the time and it takes me 50 tries before I'm satisfied. Um, That's why people hire me (laughs) to do it for them. Um, When you are going to look at that script, you have to make sure that you have, doesn't matter if it's a feature or if it's a short, it has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end and they all- have to flow and make sense. Um, one of the things you can do if you're working on, say like a section of dialogue, and you're, you're not sure what's what, if it doesn't sound right to you when you read it in your head, say it out loud. If it's clunky when it rolls off your tongue, you need to fix it. Um, so what else can I say about it? Dialogue is really easy. I, I'm sorry, I say that. <laughs> Dial- I do. I do dialogue. That's one of my specialties. Um, You have to make each character sound different. Don't be afraid of contractions. And yes, you'll see that in your script. Okay. Do not be afraid of contractions. for
0: For the record, she was actually doing some doctoring of one of my scripts when she came in here. So I have something out there with a bunch of lines and marks on it. So I just want to put that out there. I'm not... Perfect, any more perfect than anyone else, okay? So I, I get my stuff looked over as well and I get notes just like everybody else.
1: So when I say contractions, um, a lot of us are taught in school that don't use contractions when you're writing. That is formal writing. If you're gonna write a business letter, I don't recommend using contractions. But if you're writing dialogue and a script or a novel or a short story, whatever, people don't say, it is, I am, that is, what is, you have. Nobody's commander commander data here, so please do not write that way. Um, It is, that is, and remember, it is and it's are two different things. It's with an apostrophe S is it is, that's your contraction. It's with no apostrophe is possessive, so if you're referring to th- something as its, say its book is over there, well, okay, that's possessive, not it is book over there. So that grammar does matter. I will tell you grammar does matter, um, and how do I know this? I had the fortune to pitch for A&E Network in. 2015, um, and out of like 150 scripts, there were three cities that they were doing this pitch fest in and five per city. I was one of five that got to pitch in New York City to A&E Network. The director of of the contest said, he goes, your script was one of the best scripts we saw. Well, thank you, because all of my professors had seen it, because it was my thesis project. <laughs> uh, but he said that if they had too many grammatical errors on the first ten, in the first 10 pages, or even on the first page, it was going to go into a circular file. That's the trash. Um, the other thing that you have to have in the first 10 pages is um, a hook. If it is not a cohesive 10 pages and you're like scattered all over the place and your reader can't get past that, it's gonna go in the trash. Or they're gonna send it back to you and say, What? Um, You don't want that. Nobody wants that. So get somebody to read it. Don't get your best friend who's gonna tell you whatever you wanna hear. Please, please don't do that. Um, Find a coworker that you trust. Um, I was lucky enough that one of my former co-workers was also an actress. So um, she would give me sides to check over all the time, and I would read sides for her. Um, and she would take my script and be like, okay, I have questions. Okay, what, do you un- what don't you understand? And she'd say, oh, I, this part, this part, and this part. I said, got it. Why? Because when when you're a writer and you write a scene, you see everything in your head mm. and you forget to put it on the page. Yeah, I, I do it a lot. That's why I have to read my stuff over and over again and I have to set it down and come back to it. Um, we were talking earlier, and one of, <laughs> one of my, big, my big things is um, as a writer, I, I have like 15 projects that I have started. I don't have them finished. Why? Because I get stuck. I have to set them down and come back to it. And I just finished a script probably two months ago that I had started a year and a half ago. Um, Because I had to set it down because I was stuck. And then I came back to it. Um, And I got it finished. Because I knew where I wanted it to go. But there was just one scene I was stuck on. And yeah, it was an action scene. (laughs) So it's, it, and that's that. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but all of these things, you have to have your structure, your story. And plot and story are kind of the same thing, but not really. You can have a really good plot, but if you can't fill in all the beats in between the the highs and the lows, it's not really a story. Mm. Um, so the the story, the structure. Plot and grammar. I'm going to say that a lot. Grammar, please, please spell things right. Um, or, or if you send it to me, it will have lots and lots of red marks. Um, all of those things will make a good script. Um, and yes, you have to have it edited. And writing, we say, ri- rewriting is is. Editing well it kind of kind of is you every time you edit you, you're writing um, doesn't mean that you find all of your I have sent projects out that I reread it and I'm like oh my god <laughs> on page 30 I have a typo and that's probably the only typo in the daggons trip but I noticed that means my readers gonna notice and that that's that's not really professional um, And while I'm saying reader, let me, let me go back and clarify, Um, I send out speculative scripts, which means they're original scripts, um, and it means that I write them because I want to write them, and I send them out hoping somebody will buy them. That is different from writing a shooting script. And this is not anything you will learn in film school if you go on the screenwriting side. You'll probably learn it if you go like the directing route because directors usually do the um, do the shooting scripts. They sit down with the um, with one of the writers and they'll go through and say, "Hey, we need to do this here, and we'll do this slide shot, and we'll do this over the shoulder, or we'll do this this extreme close up, and or we'll do this intercut." Now, if the intercut isn't always already written into the script, fine. Um, You might have to do an insert here or and they don't teach you that when you're learning screenwriting. Shooting scripts are what the director does and that's you'll never see that if you if you don't produce your own stuff. Unless you get hired to do a a TV show. TV shows are different. They're set up different and now with streaming they are even more different and it goes back to what studio that you're gonna be writing for. Um, network television, they have a seven act structure and each act break is where they put in a commercial. Um, and every one of those like five minute scenes has to have either a hook at the end to get somebody to come back or it's gonna be that whole scene has a beginning and a middle and an end. And I'm gonna tell you right now, that's, t- that's really tough I've done it, Um, but it it can be done. Now, if you're gonna go say like Netflix or Hulu and just do a a straight streaming, write a 60 minute script for TV like you would a movie. Don't worry about act breaks, not necessary. Um, They will, if they need to do an act break, they'll do it. Um, Not a big deal. So that's the difference between TV and features. And I know that not a lot of people know that. Um, but I it was is, totally unaware. <laughs> that's how this, this conversation came about. Um, he's like, really? I'm like, yeah, really. <laughs> so um, if, if you're not sure what, what arena your script falls in, hire a story consultant. They'll tell you. Um, they will read it, and they'll be like, "Hey, this doesn't sound like a feature. I think this would be a great limited series. Oh, limited series. How do we do that? Okay, limited series is a TV show, you write eight to 10 scripts. Um, hopefully you can write eight to 10 scripts. If not, you know, hire some writer friends. I'm available. Um, what's,
0: and what's the name of your company just so everybody's aware if they can't read on <laughs> your shirt
1: Kitsyara blue media um i am based in little rock arkansas uh, you can google me you can also google nikki ackerman and you can find me okay pretty easy to find um what a story consultant will do for you is they'll say hey let's sit down and and take a look at your script and uh they kind of act a little bit like an editor or a producer. They'll give you notes and say, this is where I think you need to break and put that in another episode. And um, it's it, it's really helpful. Um, I have a, a friend who is out in L.A. I met him through the Writers Guild Foundation Veterans Writing Program because I'm also an Army veteran. And... Um, I sent him one of my one of my screenplays, and he's like, "I have so many questions." It's like, "Okay, what are your questions?" He's like, "This feels more like a TV show." I'm like, "Well, maybe it could be." I was thinking two hour pilot, <laughs> <laughs> and then we could springboard. Because I how I wrote this specific script was I left the opening, um, the end. Open to a, a possible TV show, and that is um, they used to do that back in like the '80s and in the '90s. They would have these um, TV pilots or backdoor pilots um, it's, it's crazy I was we were watching chips at, I watch chips with my mom sometimes, and they, they had these two episodes that were backdoor pilots and we're getting some feedback.
0: It's, it's quiet back here.
1: Um, so we're getting uh, these two backdoor pilots that never, never went anywhere, and that's great because they sucked. They really bad. It, it was chips, and it was the early '80s, and they still sucked. Um, but uh, so, so hold the
2: mic close to your face. I was thinking
1: that makes it worse. <laughs> okay. So with this, with this script and this uh, open end um, to hopefully have a, a, a TV series follow, um, I I was like, yeah, well, that's kind of the point. But okay, I'll try. And I sat down and I really, really tried to make it a TV show, <laughs> and I I just couldn't do it. So I had to set it aside. I will come revisit it when I'm done with school and be like, okay. Um, but um, when you sit down and look at your script, that's, that's one of the things you have to, have to think about is, where do I want my story to go? Um, I know some writers who say, hey, I'll think of the logline first and then I'll write it. I'm really terrible with loglines, so I have, to, I have to enlist assistance. Um, some writers are great with loglines and people pay them to do loglines um, I am not one of them <laughs> and, and I can't afford to pay people that much money to do loglines so um, I just have to set up a structure and I do have a structure to do loglines but I can't do a logline first because I came from a fiction writing prose background um, so I'm more comfortable writing a short story first and then saying, hey, this is where I can make this better. And that's okay. That's perfectly okay. If you can do that, great. If you want to do the log line first, do that too. It's it's personal preference. And that's what a lot of screenwriting is, is personal preference. Um, unless the studio hires you, then you have to do it the way they want you to. But it's... And, and that's to be expected, because they're your boss, and you're, they've hired you to do, to do a job. Um, but, I, and I just completely lost my train of thought. Because <laughs> I said it's studio, okay. and my mind went to, God, I hate
3: those people right now. I hate <laughs> um,
1: and I think we can all guess why. <laughs> I am not a member of the WGA, but I am a, I'm what they call a pre-WGA writer. Uh, meaning I am hoping to one day become a member of the WGA. Mm. Um, so studios and I are just right now are like, do I want to or do I want to stay in the indie market mm. and have somebody like Benjamin film my stuff? <laughs> um, because I do have action, and I, I hear he's really good at this stunt and fight coordinator thing. I don't know. Thank you.
0: I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Takes a village.
1: (laughs) So it's, if you guys have any questions about this, I do have business cards. You can take one. Um, I am happy to discuss a specific subject or a specific part of screenwriting more in depth with you um, because there's a whole lot more that we could talk about.
0: I do have a question. Um, So what are some things that you... Give me, like, two or three things that you see, like, when you pick up a script outside of grammar, right, and <laughs> contractions, what are some things you see that are just turn you off to a screenplay pretty quickly? Because we're out here submitting projects to people, having people read these things, and we want to know what we, so some simple things we can do that kind of...
1: If I can't get through the first ten pages and be like, oh, I really want to see this film, it's not going to end well for you Um, and yes and and a lot of readers do use that mentality they'll be like I I don't what is going on here don't make it confusing don't start in the dead middle don't start if you action folks I love you to death because I love action and adventure do not start your script in the middle of a fight scene I have no idea why they're fighting, right? So, if you're starting in the middle of a scene, and I know because I'm I'm guilty, I I don't really I don't ever start in the middle of a fight scene. Um, that goes back to the principle of um, come in late, leave early. And what do I mean by that? Don't have a whole lot of fluff at the beginning that makes that doesn't move the story forward at the beginning, and. Don't drag out the scene at the end. Um, so you enter late, like right when the story is is going to kick off and starts to matter, and end it before it drags on to Like, You know, we don't need to see the mundane stuff. We don't need to see your, unless it's really, really important to the story and moves it along, don't show them eating breakfast. Don't show them waking up in the, from a, Unless they're waking up from a dream and your opening sequence is a dream. But I know that there are a lot of readers who have problems with that. And there are producers that have problems. They say they think that that's lazy writing. I'm like, do you know how hard I worked on that dream sequence? That took me like two hours. So it's... They don't like it. Um, but for me, I, I, I do stick to the the enter, late, leave, early. If I think that... You have a lot of that dragging at the beginning or the end of a scene. I'm not going to read it because I'm going to be bored to tears. Um, And a good hook—you have to have a really, really good hook. I have to know where your story is going to go, and page eleven and on. If I don't know where your story is going to go, and I'm confused, yes, I know I'm blonde. (laughs) Don't—I do not get that confused easy. That's good. if I'm confused by the first three three or four scenes, I'm gonna throw it away. Or I'm gonna send it back to you and say, try again. This makes no sense. And I will I promise you, when I when I do read scripts, I print them out, I read to pen them, and I either USPS mail them back to you, or I scan and email them back to you. I kind of prefer the postal method because I have chicken scratch, so you yeah. may not be able to see it if I scan it unless you blow it up to, like, really big. And then it's pixelated. And then you probably still don't know what I wrote anyway. Mm. Um, so those, those are my big things, and that's what I hear from a lot of readers is, you know, enter late, leave early, make it make sense, don't start with the dream. It has, you have to, it has to be an interesting story. If it's not an interesting story, nobody's going to want to watch it and you're not gonna get anywhere with a festival. Um, I will say it took me eight years to get one of my scripts to be a second rounder at uh, the Austin Film Festival, eight years. And it was probably my fifth script. So I've I've been screenwriting since 2011 when one of my college professors said, hey, this short story you wrote reads like a screenplay like, what? I didn't know people could do that because nobody had ever said, hey, this is a thing. Didn't know that. I mean, I should have known because where do novels come from? (laughs) Writers. Writers write them. But it did not occur to me that what I was seeing on screen was actually produced by somebody. Yes, I know. That's one of the dumbest things I could ever have thought, but You know, it's, it's like,
0: well, I mean, you have a bunch of people like when we, when I went to watch movies as a kid, I didn't think, oh man, I I can do that. That wasn't what, like doing the moves that I saw, I I can do that. I could be a dancer. I could be a fighter, but I never said I could make a movie, but that didn't, I had to have a friend introduce me to that for it to become a reality for me.
1: Absolutely. That was kind of, that was kind of me. Um, I mean, I saw Top Gun, and I wanted to be a fighter pilot.
3: Um,
1: I wear these. You you can't be a fighter (laughs) pilot and wear glasses. But I will tell you, if you want to be a pilot, you can fly helicopters with glasses. Nobody told me that either. But, um, yeah, you you can go be a warrant officer out uh, out of school and fly helicopters.
0: Didn't know that. Wow. Okay. Well, more, <laughs> more, more knowledge. We did not. I didn't know we were going to get options like that, but awesome. Fantastic.
1: I am full of useless knowledge.
0: <laughs> I there's a lot of anything. pilots out there that they're not going to get into the air force and you just, you just saved a dream. So I, I think that's well, good.
1: I'm glad that I could do that for somebody else because nobody did that for me. <laughs> Let me tell you when I was, a, when I was a kid, I, um, I wanted to be an actress I was in theater, I was president of my thespian troupe in high school, and um, I get stage fright (laughs) really bad. (laughs) I mean, really bad. Um, I mean, this is a
0: stage, technically.
1: Well, that's because I'm talking about something I know a lot Uh, about. (laughs) I'm not having to pretend to be anything. Um, I mean, I did really great when I was in middle school. I was on stage, and I was writing plays. They were really crappy plays but so I was writing
0: plays. <laughs> you were in middle school. <laughs> Who's got a good play they wrote in middle know. school?
1: I don't know. That kid that wrote Aragon was like in high school. Oh when he wrote that. He was young. I'm like, gee.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. He was he was really young. I was like, why couldn't I do
0: that? Well, on that note, I did have a good question up for you, if if people wanted to get good practice or or find something good to read that you think is like a top notch Primo script. What would you if you had to pick one? Uh,
1: One, one, one. Um that's really rough.
3: Can you include drama? Include drama in that.
0: Well Uh, it doesn't matter. I don't care what genre, just whatever Um, you think is a good one.
3: I've got I've got
1: a few. The Hurt Locker is really good. Um that's one of my all time favorite movies. And um I have so many questions for Mike Bowl that just I want. <laughs> I <was> like, <clears throat> I have actually contacted Mark Bowl and I wanted to ask him, where the hell did you find cats? Because when I was in Iraq, we had dogs, and no <laughs> cats. Kind of makes you wonder. But I, I digress. Sorry. Um, the Hurt Locker, uh, Atonement is really good at for an adaptation. So if you have that and. Adaptations are a whole another story. If you want, if we want to do something else another time, because <laughs> I have lots of opinions about those. <clears throat> Atonement is really good. I had to I had to read the book and watch the movie for a filmist literature class.
3: Mm.
1: So, um, as well as English literature, because holy crap, when you're an English major, you have to read a lot of things you don't like. Um, so the, that's really that's a really good one. Um and oh my gosh
0: I mean two's good
1: I would say collateral damage is another good one that I liked a lot
0: okay copy that Oh, yeah. awesome well I did have a, a I know we can't get into it today but you can give us like one tidbit of information about this adaptation wormhole we'll get into some other time like one um, thing.
1: Okay, one thing. This was in a, and it's a really good one. This was in a book called, um, oh my gosh, The Devil of Hollywood. Joe Escherhaus who did um, Showgirls in the 90s. He was one of the big huge million dollar scripts that everybody wanted, and we don't have million dollar scripts anymore. Thank you, studios. We'll talk about that later. Um, he said, when he does an adaptation, he takes the book, he rips it in half, throws away the first half, and the second half is his, is his, what he worked from. So, like, like Harry Potter is a perfect example. Steve Kloves took the first one and did a fantastic job of staying true to the story, and that's great because it was not like 400 pages. But when he got two, three, four, and on, he had to pick the parts from the book that would make the best story because you have a lot of underlying things in, that you can work oh. through. And, um, and that's perfect for a novel because you have, so many, you have so much space and the page count doesn't matter, but it matters on the screen because one page equals one minute of screen time unless you're doing action. The the more action you do, the the more space it takes up on the page, so you might have three pages of a script, and 90% of that is action. That's not gonna be three minutes. That might be more, that might be less, depending on what the action is.
0: Copy. So I did have a question about that, so that's what a lot of us are doing here. When you are reading a script, do you prefer for how do you prefer that people handle action sequences in the script that you're reading?
1: I'm glad <coughs> you asked because, um, if you know what you're talking about, great, describe it, that's fine. If you aren't sure because you are not a stunt guy or you are not a fighter, um, just say, hey, I want this person to do this in this style, or I want this person to do counter in this in this style. There's actually, um, and I don't remember the name of it, there are books out there on writing fight scenes.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, are they any good? I don't know because I've never bought them because I, I love watching martial arts. I'm not that great at martial arts, but I do study Krav Maga, and I've gone on year number six. Um, so, so when I, when I write a fight scene, I, and I'm sure my coworkers at the time, I, I worked in an office and I worked in the, the front lobby at lunchtime to cover the receptionist's um, lunch break. That was kind of my sole purpose there <laughs> was to cover her desk. I would sit there and I'd be like, huh, how do I want that to go? And I would stand up in this little space. And I'd be like, huh? No, that's not right. <laughs> I'm like, what an elbow. Uh, and this is like the lobby, so people are passing in and out because that's where the elevators are. Awesome. I'm like, don't mind me. I mean they, they all it was not a secret that I was a writer. So
0: we appreciate the commitment to the craft. At that <laughs> uh, I mean I do that probably like the rest of the people here, I do choreography all the time. it doesn't matter if people are looking at it. I don't care. So it's fine.
1: Well, when you have um, clients who spend like thousands of dollars on insurance in your firm, you probably do yes. look at you like you're nuts.
0: I could see them not being a fan of your Krav Maga strikes in the lobby, that makes yeah. sense to me.
1: I, I did have to write, in this Candace Glass, which was my second rounder at Austin Film Festival, um, I had to write a scene because how I wrote it the first time, they're like, oh, my reader is like, this is too short. Like, what do you mean it's too short? It's like a whole... It's, he's like, I want to see what she does. Don't just tell me that she flips him over and puts her high heel to his, his her Louis Vuittons to his throat. I'm like, okay.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know Akito, and apparently that is really, <laughs> flows really well on the screen. So I looked up a hip throw, because we don't really do those in Krav. We try to avoid that. Um, I mean, they do have it, but it's it's a higher level, and I haven't quite got there yet. Um, but I had to look it up, and I found a video on YouTube of the what I wanted. I'm like, oh, I see why they use a keto. That's really pretty.
0: Uh, did you look up the to Seagal movie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not you know. So I I watched it and I watched each. I mean, I was playing this thing back and forth, and it took me probably like 15 minutes. And I broke it down as to how this, and this was just for one one move mm. in one scene and it was only in two pages.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and and it flowed really well and he liked it and I'm like, thanks. <laughs>
0: got it. Okay. Okay. Well, um, I don't know where we are in time. Where did my timekeeper go? She disappeared. That'd be, got me. So we're going to, we're going to, uh, Pause here. That was a good sure. place to put a pin. Uh, Akito, hit tosses uh, so, and ask if anybody has any questions in in the crowd here. Yeah, there's one right down there. Okay, right.
3: go ahead. Um, when you when you get scripts that allude to something much bigger, um, do you, do stu- I know studios just want that one script that can actually do something? Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back up. I went to Sundance in 2003. I had I showed uh, uh, a uh, producer my script. It's like, whoa, this is great. What else you got? Huh. And I wasn't thinking. I was thinking one script will sell. I wasn't thinking in the studio sense, producer sense, that what I'm going to spend all this money for this one mo- movie. But what is there to milk? <laughs> How can I stretch yep. that? So my lesson was to make sure you have more stuff for producers producer to see. Yep. Uh, is that the mentality?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Um, if you're going to go, before you go, shop your script to anybody else. Make sure you have more than one project. Um, because what producers want to see is they want to make sure you're not a one-trick pony, that that's the only thing they're going to get from you, especially mm-hmm. if they like what they see the first time. Um, and this is where readers come in and studio coverage. They have their whole, they have a whole of readers. They'll say, hey, here's your stack for the weekend. You have to read the, these 20 scripts this weekend, and I want coverage. And what coverage will do is they will um, recommend either you the project or both of you or neither of you um they may pass on you all together. so yes absolutely absolutely have more than one have five five is a pretty safe number because that shows them that you um you care about your craft and that you're going to care about producing more things um the other thing with that is um Dang it. I hate when this happens. <laughs> make sure it's
3: more than one, one make,
1: genre. make sure this does not necessarily have to be more than one genre. Okay, cool. um, IP, that's what I was going with that. Yep. If you have a story that you own, like you have the physical, I have published this, and you have an adaptation script for that, take it to the producer and say, I own this. And it's even better if you have a built in fan base. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I actually have a TV pilot based on the Bridget Chronicles, which is a short story that I wrote for class that I turned into a um, a TV pilot. And I've published it. So it does not have a very big strong base because when you self-publish, it's really hard to um, market. And Amazon kind of sucks. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh. They, they take this.
1: So I have to charge for this eighty-page book in order to make a profit. I have to charge like ten bucks to get a profit because that's how, and it's print-on-demand. Got it. Um, but I own it. It is mine. Nobody else can have it. So studios take note.
3: Copy that. Um, is it better to license? Because I know they, they don't like that anymore.
1: They they would prefer to own it. Mm-hmm. But if you can give them the rights, if you had a really, really, really good entertainment attorney, and I highly recommend that you have one of those to look over your contract because mm-hmm. studios will take advantage of you. Um, they are looking at their bottom line, their shareholders, and they're, see, and we could have talked all about that. They, they're looking at their bottom line. They want to keep all their money. They don't want to share.
0: Mm.
1: So they... If they hand you a contract, read it thoroughly, or take it to your lawyer and say, "Please tell me this is a good deal." And I had I had that situation. Um, I had a guy who got um, the rights to a book that he really, really loved as a kid, um, called *The Bodyguard*. The writer is fabulous. The the author is is great. Uh, he's he's awesome. He's also a veteran, in um, he and I had some conversations because I really wanted to know where he was coming from with the book and then but this guy hands me this contract I wrote a um, two- page treatment and gave it to them and I said that's for free I usually charge people fifty dollars per treatment um, doesn't matter the length mm. um, but the the writer liked it so I was going to be hired with another writer to this is the problem with with working with people you don't know. Her writing was terrible, and she had been screenwriting for twenty five years, and it was terrible. And nobody told her. Ever told her it was terrible? Is
0: it terrible, or were you just that good? <laughs> that black comparison.
1: The the first opening action block was half a page. What? Half a page. That's that That's brings me to another. Thing that i probably should have mentioned: more white space means faster read and readers will read it better break up your action blocks think like they are each action is a camera shot okay back to the, back to the contract the contract was um i would get paid on the back end nothing up front i was going to basically be working for free with this person i didn't know whose writing i would have to fix because it was a terrible. Um, so I took it to, I had to find an attorney. Because it, we're in Little Rock, there aren't many entertainment attorneys. And I found one. And he was going to charge like $800 an hour. I'm like, I don't have that. I'm an independent filmmaker. I don't have that kind of cash. Um, so I found another guy who's like, I do contracts, but I, have no, I know nothing about entertainment. So he referred right. me to somebody else who was a contract guy, but also he had a connection to the film industry because his sister is Katherine Tucker, who is a director. I mean, You may know who she is. Um, so he could ask questions, and he looked over this contract, and he said, that's, that's wrong. <laughs> I said, okay. So, um, and, and I have a mentor who is a producer, and he, um, so I asked his advice. I said, what should I ask for? like you need to be paid up front it doesn't have to be a lot and i said okay so what's not a lot he said well 10 grand is probably a good start because you're doing a lot of work and you have this much time to do it i said that's a plan (laughs) so i rewrote the contract put 10 grand in there and i gave it to my attorney um and he was doing this as, as a favor. He did this for me pro bono. So I'm like very thankful for him. And he looked at it and he goes, yeah, he said, um, I would clarify this. He goes, let me tell you, I will, I will ask my sister and see what her contracts have said. Um, so he calls me back and says, yeah, don't do it. I'm like, well, I kind of figured that out. But thank you for confirming. So I went back to this guy and I said, I can't do this. I said, "Here's the contract. If you're not willing to do this, and I rewrote the contract for me and this other writer, so we were both going to be getting 10 grand at the front and then we would have residuals and stuff at the back end to go out and have a better, you know, payday." He didn't want to do it. Therefore, his rights have expired to that. And he only did um he paid a dollar to get those rights. Mm. I'm like, "Oh, Okay, so I want to go back to this author and say, "Hey, do you really want to do this? I will do the script for you if you will give me your rights, and I will shop it. I I will do write. I will do a shopping agreement with you
0: Copy. for
1: a year or two, whatever. Um, and we can talk in, a, in another detail on another date about development hell.
0: Yes, we'll we'll, we'll have a conversation because oh. we're actually there's a there's a, a book adaptation that we actually have." Austin awesome. Action has has the rights to. So we are walking awesome. through that currently. Um, do we have any other questions for, from the, the crowd here? You guys all right. Things is the time to ask. Okay, here we go. Save
1: the cat. Save the cat. It's actually, it's not terrible. Um, bless Blake Snyder. Uh, sorry that he's gone. Um, it, it's... It ha, if you can ask just about any writer and we have read it, um, it was required reading for my MFA program. It's not bad. He's got great advice. it does it work for everybody? No. Um, writing is such an individualized thing, like I know writers who they map out their whole daggone screenplay. Mm. Like, this index card is for this scene. this index I can't do that. I tried it. Uh, this it does <laughs> not work. I think I, I seriously think I have undiagnosed ADHD because I just cannot do I just my mind goes this way and then it goes this way and then it goes this way. It's it's all individual. Um but yes, you can you can read that, you can get great advice from it because I have read it. It is a good book. Um I do recommend uh David Trottier's Screenwriter's Bible. And then there's one called The Hollywood Standard. If you want two really good screenwriting basic books, um, The Hollywood Standard goes into more about shooting scripts than David Trottier does.
0: Okay. Um,
3: uh, I have two versions. No, I have three versions of Screenwriter's Bible. Me too. Um, so, we're, yeah. Um, so, Screenwriter's Bible.
0: Oh, okay. Quick, I, th- Was your question answered? I, well,
3: I write Save same but- and it just pissed me off more than anything. So, do you agree with like his
0: beat breakdown and everything? You think?
1: Ah. I don't think every movie that's great
3: has all those beats.
1: They they don't. Um, I I have issues with beat breakdowns. Period. Um, I th- that's why I suck at log lines is because I can't tell you where they are. I just write and I know what I just write and I know that it. Did I write it and people read it and they say, yeah, that's great or no, that sucks. And they tell me where my problems are and I fix them and I just, I'm not good at that. And I had a a professor, one of our things that we had to do in in the MFA program is we had to learn how to do beat sheets and I'm like, okay, I barely passed that one. (laughs) And I do mean barely. So, but my next class, I, I talked to my, that professor about it and she's like, don't worry about it. Nobody actually asks for those. And anyway, you could probably get that from Final Draft.
0: <laughs>
1: Thanks. So no, you don't, don't, don't worry about beat sheets. Don't worry about beats. Just write it, have somebody read it, and have them tell you where it sucks.
0: Uh, You're all Awesome. Well, we have time for maybe one more question.
1: Um Kitiara Blue Media. You can, it's Kitiara Media.com. Um, you can find me on Instagram. Can you it's, spell it? Okay. I'm going to spell it phonetically. That's Kilo India. Tango <laughs> India. Alpha Romeo Alpha. And if you <laughs> if you are a Dragonlance fan, you will know where that comes from.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually. I am a fan of the I'm, 80s. I'm actually a nerd that Dragon Lance is what got me into fantasy reading, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Time of the Twins, baby. Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. So, yes, uh, I'm on. Um, I actually have a Snapchat. It's Kit Blue Media. So if you want to add me on. But um, email me and tell me you're going to do that. <laughs> Nikki at Blue Media dot com. So I don't ignore it. I have so many requests from people I don't know and it's like I wish Snapchat would add a feature so you can message people and say, "Hey, I found you on Tinder." No. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, wow, or I uh, wow. found you at Austin Action Film Fest.
0: That's cool. That's Didn't cool. Have some of cards on the front desk too, you oh, you. Cool, well, um, I think that's about it. Thank you so much, Nikki, for coming here. Round of applause, Nikki. Very welcome, glad to be here. Fantastic, and so we're gonna put your mic down, we're gonna get into the next block here in a few seconds. I wanna take a minute to talk about some things real fast before, uh okay, grab the microphone. If you can grab a lavalier. Do you wanna talk, uh, you still recording? Okay, so. Just want to talk a little about what we're doing here. Um, I've realized we rarely get to do that. Thank you to all our sponsors here at the Austin Action Fest because our sponsors make this possible and they allow us to give our individuals here something cool when you win, you know, and invariably win one of these categories. One of our sponsors happens to be in the room right now. So women in film, if you guys have noticed that wasn't intentional there's a both our panelists are female They're the most competent ladies that we know so that's why they're here they're amazing women in film over here thank you so much for coming out and hanging out with us and sponsoring our event giving us some great advice um i'll 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 leave you i'm not gonna pick on you too much for that um did you want to come up and say something about what you what you guys do at all or no Just
2: let everybody know what you're doing real real briefly, then we'll get get to what Austin Austin Action 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 Fest is doing. Thank you. Um, I'm Kirtana. I live here in Austin. I'm a part of Women in Film and Television here in the Austin chapter. I serve as a community partnerships board member, and that's how our interaction begins, is trying to bring more community partners together, Women in Film and Television is an international organization. Um, I think it's over 70 chapters across the globe. So wherever I go, it's really easy for me to just call someone and just say, Hey, what's going on? Where's the next get-together? And find friends. Now, it's not only for individuals that identify as female, but also we have a lot of our allies. Benjamin is joining as an ally. Um, because the film industry is as such where it's a team effort and it's a team project to bring together to, you know, from script to ideation to on screen. So the only way you can do it is by everyone coming together. And, um, yeah, that's about it.
0: And we are nonprofit, nonprofit, so we do fiscal sponsorships too. Awesome. Thank you so much. A round of applause for one of our sponsors. Here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So I just want to talk a little bit about uh, what we got going on here. Austin Action Fest and Market, what we're doing is not just the film festival. Our intention here is to take these projects and put them in front of individuals who can get you paid. That is the point. It's great to win an award, it's awesome. It's not gonna put any food in your refrigerator. No, it doesn't, it doesn't do any of that for you. So that is what Austin Action Fest and Market is specifically about. Um, one of the things we've been able to set up here recently is that we are now getting into a position where we can actually offer distribution. You'll be hearing about that. That will be in, a, in a, some correspondence I will send you in the next couple, probably next week. I'm gonna need time. This took a lot of energy to do and I'm tired. So I'm gonna take a break and rest. We'll do that later. I gonna take a break and rest. But once I've recuperated, right? then I'll be reaching out to everyone and giving you some information about distribution. So there'll be some options that are better than what YouTube is offering you. But that kind of thing is what we do here at Austin Action Fest. In addition to that, you probably don't know this, but and I was told to talk about it, so here I am talking about it. I listened to my business partners. So Erica and Danielle told me how to do this. Uh, when, when we're done here, I have individuals who reach out who do distribution and they wanna know, hey, do you have any films that fit what we're looking for? I don't just send your films from the films from this year to the people I meet this year. When someone asks me that question, on Filmocracy, we're building pages to be able to send them two, three, four years back. People who've told me that that's what they want to do because it's part of your questionnaire when when you submit, I send them our best of best blocks when they talk about looking for more content to distribute. So, you don't, when you submit in 2023, you'll be getting sent to people to see your stuff up to maybe 2027, 2028, because it is our job to help you get your stuff seen just like we want to get our stuff seen. And that is the point and focus of this festival. And I just wanted you all to know that. Um, This is collaborative. This takes a bunch of work, money coming out of pockets. Okay, so if you would like to sponsor us so that I can feed my family and stop spending all my money in this festival, uh, feel free to sponsor us, become a patron. We want people who wanna support entertainment entrepreneurs, entertainment business owners, which is what you really are, we want people to come alongside us from the community who have no interest in film whatsoever. The businesses, because when we do business here, when we do film in Texas, in Austin specifically, we are bringing people into the town to stay in the hotels. We are using the services for crafty on set, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So our job is to help one another be successful. So that is what Austin Action Fest in the market is all about. So. I'm not gonna belabor this point. We've got to start the next one.